Hi, I'm Mikkel Plain, and this is The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we discuss adding enterprise sales as a new motion, why enterprise sales is not just hopping on a jet and flying somewhere, what you'll need in place, and common pitfalls to avoid. We have, we have discussed getting a because either you can pay off, or when the room is hot, like it now, you can be pretty, pretty red in your face. But isn't there, isn't there, this is not take now, but, yeah, yeah. but isn't there some kind of a um, zoom filter that takes all of this makeup Yeah, yeah, there is. You can, the thing is, post-production is a wonderful thing. You can choose a chromatic filter on your phone and then, you know, a lot of color gets fixed. So, but, you know, that's, that's probably the best transition we've had so far into an episode. Oh, there you go. There you go. So talking about makeup of yeah. our CEO. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Now we're going to talk about something way more cool. Actually, it's um, adding a new motion. We've written on LinkedIn, or not, I shouldn't say we. You've written a bit on LinkedIn about all these motions, PLG, going down market, going up market. There's mm -hmm. There are so many things you can do. Today, we want to talk a bit about moving up market. Mm -hmm. Specifically, how do you go about enterprise sales yep. uh, in, a, in a B2B SaaS? First off, everyone dreams... Of moving up market mm -hmm. it's more revenue and it's just on one customer why should a company or bb SaaS go up market yeah i think before we go into that shortly so motion what does motion mean mm. this is just you know a, uh, a process or revenue stream or all, all kinds of different ways to define it usually it's connected to a segment so we say it's the mid-market motion or it's PLG is a motion, so product-led growth or, in that case, enterprise. Yeah? And why, why is everyone trying to go up-market? The reason is, as you scale, you want to continue maintaining that scale. And that means you need to keep adding more customers, which is difficult as it is. The... The other way to, on top of that, then keep growing is by basically increasing your average contract value uh, year over year over year. And you want to do that both with your existing customers, uh, upsell, retention, uh, net dollar retention, and so forth. And you want to do that also with you know new customers coming throughout the pipeline. And the cool thing about enterprise is you have bigger ticket sizes, great. The other thing is they tend to churn less. They don't leave you, right? So if you are a B2B SaaS and maybe you're struggling with either churn or net dollar retention or net, net revenue retention, then the desire to go up market might even come from, from that angle as well, right? Better, better retention. And really taking those two things in combination in an Excel spreadsheet, usually is a great idea. And then you add CEO ambition or sales leader ambition that really want to go for you know the the elephants, and yeah. the whales, and the big logos, and the fortune, you know, and you know the the first six digit deal, the first seven digit deal, and so forth. Right? You kind of you add those things to it, and suddenly everyone wants to go up market, which which they're doing. And by the way, not in all cases is that a good idea. Yeah. So really being thoughtful about that is, is also pretty key. So let's say you 
you as a business really want to go up market, then is that something any business can do? Mm -hmm. Because there's there's going to be so many differences. Some are going to have one ASP. Some are going to have another type of product. Mm -hmm. Are there some criteria before even having that conversation you need to kind of look out for mm -hmm. before deciding, okay, we're going to go up market? Yes. I think it's very comparable to something like product market fit. Hmm. That's really what this is about. And you might have reached product market fit in a different segment, throughout a different channel, for a different sales price, and so forth. Again, there's like a framework, you know, around it. Brian Balfour, I think, kind of, it's, I don't know, it's not, it's not his five, four forces, it's something else, <laughs> but uh, he's been talking about that a little bit. But there, there's kind of, you know, all of these things need to fit, yeah. right? And finding that fit, pretty difficult. Product market, you know, it's called product market fit. And if you want to start selling to a different segment, that framework that be, that you used and that made you successful, uh, you can pretty much throw this out the window in many cases. Yeah. Um, so why is that? Number one, your enterprise buyers will want to have a different product. And, you know, maybe the problem that they're solving, it, it works for SMB, it works for mid-market, it works for enterprise, but suddenly now you have probably lots more users maybe. Yeah. Suddenly you have then requirements to manage uh, those users and the governance on top of that. Suddenly you will have much more reporting requests and how that works. You will have more uh, auditory requests. You will have more information security requests. You will have all kinds of stuff that you know piles on top where an enterprise simply is like, hey, you know, this is, um, you know, we can't live without that. I'm sorry. You know, you need to build all of these things. Otherwise I can't use it. And before you try and sell to enterprises, you should you should try and figure out you know what those things are and where they are in your product roadmap. Just just building a commercial function that is trying to push something that's not a fit product market fit for that segment that will usually end up being pretty pretty expensive actually. Mm. And then the other thing is, you know the the way the buying process works for an enterprise might be fundamentally different from how it worked for your mid market or SMB company. And you need to figure out how you how you're gonna you know deal with that. Sure, there might even be other competitors sitting there. Suddenly, suddenly the way you sell needs to be completely different, and and maybe there's just no no, no opening, right? You need to kind of figure out you know what is our way in besides just ambition. Hmm. I think that's that's pretty that's pretty important to keep in mind, right? So really, uh, both does my product fit, but also does the way I try and you know sell and deliver my product does it actually fit yeah. uh, for that segment? Totally. I mean, so from from the marketing perspective, I can say there's there's even a difference to a degree there because you do need to convey the solution, mm -hmm. right? And it's a different solution for that segment if you're moving up market compared to mid market. It's not that you need to change how you communicate because at the end of the day, in an enterprise, it's human beings, mm -hmm. right? So you don't need to change the language or the wording or the design. But there are other elements you need to start highlighting for that audience. Yes, 100%. So kind of moving into almost the how, right? How do you, let's just say you, you know, you had a couple of interviews with potential uh, enterprise buyers. Yeah. And interviews here is really not sales conversations, but almost like product manager interviews and trying to figure out what they need, what they don't need and so forth. Maybe you feel well equipped. Maybe stuff is already happening in your roadmap. 
Uh, maybe you have that ISO certificate already. <laughs> kind of all of all of these things. Maybe you you know check 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 check. Uh, so how then do you go about selling to these bigger guys? You know what what do you need to change? What yeah. do you need to change in your go to market? And number one really important piece here. Don't change the stuff that's already working for the SMB and the mid market. Uh, you know, you, you you need to think about it in a way where you almost create a other team in your in your go to market motion, which will be which will be difficult. I think it will be challenging. And um, you know, thinking throughout the full funnel on the marketing side, number one, some of your messaging probably might need to be tweaked or changed. That is difficult. So how do you how do you keep it important and relevant also for the SMBs and mid market? How do you not alienate these other guys? Difficult mm. question. Uh, a little bit more easier potentially is, you know, you probably want to talk to some of those analysts, Gartner, Forrester, you know, what have you, to get into their wave and quadrant and 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 whatever they have. As early stage folks, we make a lot of fun of of analyst relations, but it's a thing. Yeah. It totally is still a thing, especially in those enterprises. People buy those reports, read them, and really the way they're reading this is, you know, if it if it goes wrong, I can't get fired for this, because if if Forrester said these guys are in the top three, then you know they they must be reliable, right? So that that's a thing that you as a marketing uh, department probably need to think about. It's mm. not just G two and you know you know get some more reviews. Captera, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's no no no. It's 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 a different game, right? And and by the way, if you have gone through one of those analyst kind of review sessions, it's very different. You probably want to have a consultant hire just just to kind of help you through that. Right? Mm. Next step is okay, cool. Uh, some of that is maybe you know. And maybe you want to add all of that stuff of going to conferences and so forth and yada yada. But let's just say you kind of are at the point now where you're on the map for enterprise customers. What's going to happen next is they're not just going to inbound and, and, and jump on a demo. It, it totally might happen. But really, in reality, what's probably going to happen is they're going to send you a, a request for proposal and RF, RFP. I've done a few of those. Request for quote, RFQ request for information rfi i don't have a clue how they differentiate by the way there's someone that could probably explain what the difference is but at the end of the day it's usually a really long uh, excel spreadsheet with questions and long story short you're not allowed to say no <laughs> you know <laughs> long story short that's really what it is and obviously you know sometimes you probably will need to say no and then you need to kind of just figure out how you kind of go about it and i think the key insight here is if and this is true for many, surprisingly many, many enterprises. If you weren't part of formulating that RFP with that enterprise, you're probably not gonna get chosen. Hmm. Usually, they built this together with you know the chosen party already. Then corporate rules, yeah. you know, make them do this RFP, and you know then they end up doing this RFP, and then you know when they end up the scores like see there, this one vendor that you know helped them to create it comes out on top. So let's just say you get post the uh, RFP process and you get actually invited. You know, sure, Corona changed a bunch of things, but they do expect you to show up. Yeah, They do expect you to show up and they do expect you to have a deck with their logo on it and needs to be tailored and so forth. And, um, you know, that will require you to jump on jets, which is probably lesser so the issue, but it also requires the sales reps to 
be just a bit more mature, honestly, mm. right? Kind of sending a 20-something to IBM or Axon or, you know, what, what have you, it just, it just probably will not fully work out for you or in your favor. But it also means that suddenly the, uh, the sales organization needs a completely different set of supports happening around them, mm. right? creating those decks, getting, getting to that place and so forth. It suddenly is a completely different engine and machine you're building there. And then, you know, going, going throughout the next step, you kind of, just because I mentioned engine, thinking not only about the inbound route, but also about the outbound route. Mm. Uh, let's just say you have an enterprise SDR and it should be an enterprise SDR. Really thinking about it here now is uh, in the mid market and maybe it worked great for you. It's 10, 12 opportunities a month and you know, a massive book of business and calling a bunch of people. That, that strategy won't work for enterprise. So reason number one, you, your book of business just isn't infinite. It's fairly finite. Yeah. If you're talking to, you know, plus 5K, plus 10K companies. The next thing is most of those massive organizations, they're not just in one location. They're probably not sure if they're global, but they're definitely international, which then also means you probably have multiple points of entry, which means you call someone up in Germany and they say, no, it doesn't mean that you throw away the account. It means you call up Austria <laughs> or you call up the US or the UK and so forth. And then the next step, you know, once it's working out with your sales rep, you as an SDR shouldn't actually even stop working that account. You mm. should, you know, it's usually one entry point will not have enough momentum in the organization to, uh, to push a whole deal through. You know, usually those folks want to make sure, again, that they, that they can trust you, but also that they don't get fired. So they don't want to be the only one in the end saying that you are great. Mm. Um, but they also maybe don't even know how to sell this internally. So if, if you help them and add more champions to the table throughout different offices and locations and all of them are suddenly building the case for you, you're going to make it much, much easier. Yeah. Right? So I think we've, we've had two steps so far, right? It's, it's really a different team mm -hmm. taking care of this, uh, this motion, right? Moving up market. And then it's not just going to be inbound. As the second right mm -hmm. and you said something really interesting which is if you're receiving the rfp you're probably not gonna win it mm -hmm. you need to be part of creating it yeah. right how do you get chosen like let's maybe talk about that for a second because you know it's going to dictate all the steps to follow if you can't nail that part then you know how do you see that see that how do we ensure that if, if we want to move up market that you know we're being asked hey should should we do an rfp mm -hmm. right um, I think you need to be seen as the trusted party and you need to get in contact with that person that's going to end up writing this RFP, you know, over time. And sometimes they have a vendor already and then that's a change process and you need to know who's going to end up making that decision, mm. which then will also help you to figure out who's going to end up writing that RFP. Or if you're like, you know, if you're basically creating software that is new as a category, you will still need to figure out, and, and some people call it, who's the CEO of that problem. Yeah. And you will need to find that person and you will need to build a relationship with that person. And that person needs to get to the point of like, actually, we need this now. And then they go internally and, okay, how do we buy software for this? And I say, ah, we need to write this RFP. And they come back to you and are like, hey, you know, I need to do all of those 20 steps here. It's pretty painful. And one of them is an RFP. Can you help me with that? Mm. Right. That is that is kind of usually the process. And 
and probably now that I say it, you know, officially on tape, there's probably some bribery something kind of, you know, you shouldn't be, you should totally not be doing this, by the way. But reality is a lot of people that just simply want to buy a piece of software in those big corporate organizations, they see it almost as a chore and then they kind of need to go through this process and if they can get help from you, great. Yeah, it makes that job a whole lot easier. Yeah, right? and and part of that process, by the way, and this is where you get caught if you're not, if you're not helping out. Yeah, uh, it says, hey, you need to receive offers from at least three competitive vendors. Yeah, um, and usually, you know, if you're not talking to them, you're you're just one of the other two yeah. that's you know spitting in, but it's not really being part of the of the consideration. Here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the whole being a trusted party in itself is a huge topic. We're not going yeah. to be able to dive yeah. dive deep into that one, right? I think you you dropped some of the nuggets already around, hey, it's analyst relations, it's actually mm -hmm. meeting in person, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let's say you're at the point where then you get chosen, uh, right? Mm -hmm. And get up, get you know, get to be in part of that process. Yeah. What What is the next step from, from there? I mean, I'm... You know, I'm not sure if I can kind of talk deeply about the sales process and no. stuff, but but generally speaking, and this is also, you know, one of the watchouts here, this process of selling to an enterprise will probably take 9, 12, 15 months, yeah. something like that. Yeah, you need to be aware of that. That needs to be part of your Excel spreadsheet that uh, sure you do the analyst report and then you have inbounds tomorrow. Maybe yes, but those still won't close the day after. It will mm -hmm. take a pretty long time and and um, it will be much, much longer than whatever you're doing in the mid-market in the SMB, right? Yeah. For sure, right? But I think then the other piece is, you know, hey, you sign someone high five. Number one, those those signatures usually come pretty costly because um, they will probably squeeze in some kind of a product request in there. Mm. And because it's a nice logo and because it's a lot of money, completely irrational, obviously. I've been there myself and I still said yes they will ask for some additional pieces of product to be built. And you as an organization just need to figure out if you want to do that. If you come out of the SMB and mid-market, you probably uh, haven't dealt with something like that before. Mm. So that, that will be hurtful and probably your product organization is going to be all upset and everything. So I think this is, this is kind of a definite watch out. And, and usually in a customer lifecycle, having that expectation going in is usually also a really great way to start the relationship of really, really shitty mm. uh, because obviously product is not going to deliver on time. Obviously, the customer will change his or her mind five times in yeah. between and, you know, will want to have something very different from what was kind of written down. And in the end, that basically means, you know, basically you're behind in the expectation management at that point, yeah. right? And while the... Uh, marketing organization need to be different. The outbound organization need to be different. The sales organization need to be different. Also, the customer success organization needs to be different. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not dealing with you know one decision maker and five users anymore. Suddenly, you're basically dealing with a decision maker that has nothing to do with your product whatsoever, and you basically are uh, needing to roll out to hundreds of different peoples in different time zones and different countries. And really, you as a customer success organization need to you know, level level match on, on yeah. the titles and so forth. But also you almost need the CS person, you know, running the deal 
basically ends up becoming a project manager more yeah. than a individual contributor uh, in that sense because it's really you need to activate all the different people that need to be part of that process and you need to orchestrate it and you need to kind of check in uh, with with the other side and make sure all of this is working out and that is simply a completely different skill set from the you know in many cases yeah. point and click onboarding and hey how do you feel about this approach of of cs organizations in the smb and mid market and um, uh, so, I mean, that is, you know, now we're at the end of that commercial <laughs> story here. But, you know, just, just saying out loud, it's, it's a lot of different things that, yeah. that need to be different for you to be successful in that, in that uh, segment. Yeah, I think this is, this is one of those where it's not just a sales thing that they do for themselves. It's a strategic decision mm-hmm. on a company level that impacts the entire org. You can't just fit them in. You know, you can't fit an enterprise business into the business process you have today. Yes. It's not going to work out. And in the same turn, you're going to have departments such as product and marketing that has a really big stake in actually making it succeed because mm-hmm. they need to be able to dedicate resources to build account-based marketing, to mm-hmm. service with pitches, to mm-hmm. help with RFPs, to build out additional features for, you know, whether it's security or audit trails mm-hmm. or specific requests they have, right? And how do you do that without cannibalizing the stuff that's going well in your business? Already, exactly. Right. And again, it's, um, you know, you, you can, you know, behind closed doors, you can say like, well, those are just some, some resources that now they're doing something different. And, and I think that's true to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just build another part of the organization that is now enterprise sales or enterprise marketing or whatever, where, where I think is extremely challenging those on the, you know, just say on the website. <laughs> you know, how do you on the website uh, use messaging that really, really works for you, mm. but it's inclusive for all the different segments? And, you know, do you want to have pricing on the website or do you do you not? Do you have a free trial? Do yep. you not? Yep. I mean, all of these all of these things, you know, you can maybe figure out your way around on on the inside of the business. Yep. And even there, it's really difficult, by the way. But figuring this out on the outside of the business, uh, meaning kind of the website and everything that's, you know, prospect facing, really difficult, really difficult. Yeah, and that's, we've talked about it internally, message market fit, right? And that's going to change when you add a different segment. doesn't actually matter whether it's enterprise, you could go for agencies Mm -hmm. or even a different market, like a country, right? Mm -hmm. The, The thing is, Fundamentally, there might be the same issue they're dealing with, but it's going to be at a different scale mm-hmm. when we're talking enterprise. Or maybe a, an issue SMBs have is just not prevailing in an enterprise environment because they have more resources. So maybe there's people taking care mm-hmm. of whatever issue it is. Yeah. And, and that's where actually spending time getting to understand that segment deeply and then conducting proper message testing is key. This is not just an exercise of doing, oh, now we have another industry page on our website yes. and then problem solved. That's not actually going to cut it. No, and how other people are doing it. And then, you know, usually the big names are being mentioned like Salesforce, uh, Slack, you know, Jira, all of yeah. these guys. And really what they are doing is, if you consider Salesforce, for example, which is usually the worst example to pick in all cases but let's just say salesforce for a second they started out in the smb they Mm. were an smb vendor uh, starting out a very classic thing in the crm market by the way it's all the new entrants come in the smb and then they grow up and and try and kick out oracle and and sap and so forth and really uh, salesforce 
again started as SMB and then grew up to mid-market and now enterprise, right? What happened? They basically, you know, stopped having all three motions, if you will, or all three segments. They're really only enterprise. Mm. And that probably has to do with, sure, you know, the unit economics may, may be better and so forth, but maybe that messaging that, that worked in the early days for the different segments, maybe that just doesn't work out anymore. So they even had, even a Salesforce probably had to choose what are we going to gun for here? Yeah. And they decided to go for, I would say, highly sophisticated and or enterprise use cases mm. primarily. And they're leaving the whole flank, you know, happily so, open to HubSpot that has grown up now, by the way, and is a real contender to Salesforce, Pipedrive and, and all the other 20,000 other CRMs. But they basically decided to go up market, which again is the right thing. But while doing it, stopped going after the other ones. Mm. And I believe it's probably because of the difficulty to align that messaging outwards. Yeah, yeah it's a, a, a classic thing, right? You can't be a solution for everyone. You have mm -hmm. you kind of have to choose. And just from, from, I think even from a sales perspective, that's going to be hard, right? If you one moment dealing with customer X in this segment and then another, and, and there's just such wild differences, which mm -hmm. is why it makes sense to obviously have a different team. Yeah. And it's going to be the same in marketing. It models down your messaging and what you're trying to say and how you're selling it. Mm -hmm. The other thing you kind of talked about is uh, probably the last thing is expectation of, of time, right? You said yeah. this is going to take a bit of time and, and it is a strategic thing mm -hmm. uh, that the whole company need to be on board with. How do you go about this as a business? There's a a CEO needs to drive it forward or what is where who puts like a stick in the ground here? Yeah. I think it's a, I'm not sure if it's a CEO thing, but it's definitely a top management thing. And a couple of people will come up with that. So that idea is not a, oh, wow, great idea. It's not this you. is like a, a lot of, a lot of people will come up with that idea. I think, you know, if anything, what I've seen is that great idea and then let's execute and then all of that other stuff fails because of, you know, some of the things I just mentioned. And by the way, some of that I lived through myself, mm. right? So this is this is not only, uh, you know, talking to RevOps and so forth. No, 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 this is, you know, I've, I've, I've screwed this up myself pretty nicely. And the, um, the, the other thing here is having at least a bit of an understanding of how long this thing is going to take. Yeah? Folks from Winning by Design, kind of the, the, the Jaco guy, they're, they're talking about any any new motion that you want to implement, any of them, PLG, SMB, mid-market, whatever, expect nine to 12 months until this is working properly. Mm. And in terms of enterprise, that's probably on the low end. Yeah. You, it's probably going to take you 12 to 18 months to really kind of get this going. Why does it take so long? Well, a couple of pieces in the product to be built, those usually take some time. Yeah. Some of those certificates we talked about, they take some time. Hiring those sales reps and then their ramp up. So an enterprise ramp up is kind of an annual, it's a year thing, mm. right? And then lastly, you know, even if everything is going, even if you have a nice inbound flow of those, uh, of those large enterprise deals, and let's just say from day one, you figured out how to sell to them and, you know, multi-threading and all of, you know, mm. ABM, all, yeah. all of that fancy buzzword stuff, you figured all of it out from day one, it will still take those enterprises nine to 12 months to make a decision and go for you. 
So, you know, if you add all of that stuff together, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months for this new motion is almost, almost like too good to be true. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of red, red tape to cut through here. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I guess you also need to, you know, break the first pancake. It's probably not an English term, so sorry about that, but there, there's a couple of, uh, you know, swings you need to take and you're gonna miss. I mean, uh, so if you break the first pancake, you know what you have? You have uh, a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a good one to explain at a later point. Yeah, we can do that on LinkedIn. Or not. Yeah, or not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, we'll see you again soon. That was fun. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.